invite Kelly Londoni up this morning. If you don't know Kelly and his family, they have been stateside for probably about a year and a half coming from Zimbabwe, and I'm not going to tell any of the rest of his story. I'm going let, to uh, let him do that this morning. But periodically on uh, Communion Sunday on the Lord's table, we have someone share their testimony because it's great to expound the word, but I think it's also really encouraging for us as believers to hear how God is at work in the lives of other believers in our day and age. And so Kelly's going to be sharing kind of his testimony um, and just kind of what they're doing now uh, stateside. So uh, without any further ado, Kelly, share with us. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'd like to thank God for giving me such an opportunity to be here and uh, speak about what he has done in my life. Thank the leadership of the church for uh, giving us this opportunity to share. Um, well, if you can't hear properly because of my accent, uh, you are free to talk to me later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Kelly Londoni is my name. Um, I'm married to Vicky Londoni. Uh, my family is here. And um, God has blessed us with five children. Martha, who is just, uh, just started college. Nathan, who is in 11th grade. Uh, Helga, 9th um, grade. 10th grade. 8th <laughs> <laughs> grade. And... Uh, and uh, Alison, uh, who's third grade, and then uh, when we came to America, we just discovered that uh, uh, we thought we're done with babies. <laughs> but when we came to America, we get our last uh, born, who is uh, Joshua. Um, you will hear sometimes his voice during the service here. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's my family, and I'd like to share with you what God has done in my life, in the life of my family, and... Uh, um, uh, how he has been using my testimony, our testimony, so that we could serve him. Uh, I grew up in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. So my wife and I are originally from the Democratic Republic of Congo, which is a central part of Africa. In 1994, there was genocide in Rwanda. Most of people heard about the genocide in Rwanda. During that time, I was in the eastern part of Congo. So we saw the Rwandese coming to Congo, and uh, we saw them. I mean, there was almost a million refugees in, 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 in Congo. Uh, so by that time, I was laughing at them, and I would say, well, they should go back to their country. What are they doing here? Why can we accommodate a thousand, a million people? So it was really a challenge. Uh, and I was busy um, laughing at them, not knowing what will happen to me a couple of years later. So I grew up with a grandmother who used to tell me about God. This grandmother will uh, uh, bring me to church because I love her. I went to church for the sake of the love that I had for her, but not, not because of Christ. And, uh, but she passed on in 1996, just a couple of years after the genocide in, in, in Rwanda, there was a sudden war in the Congo. And uh, I had to walk uh, around 300 miles in a jungle on foot, as you can see, uh, just a similar 
from what you see on, on the screen there. So it was a situation like that where everyone had to run for his life. Uh, so everyone, and it was unexpected. So together with my family, I had to walk almost uh, around 300 miles on foot from one place in Congo to another place in Congo. And it took, uh, it took us two weeks. Now, during that walk, it was a special walk in my life that I'll never forget, that has made me who I am today. Uh, God used that experience because during that walk, I experienced God's supernatural provision. I experienced God's supernatural protection. I also experienced God's supernatural providence. And that's the walk in which God, uh, I, I, I gave my life to Christ. That's when I came to know the Lord through that walk. I, I, as we're walking, you will see a mother carrying a baby. And the baby is short. The mother leaves the baby. And so everyone was just caring for his life. I realized how people, men, men are selfish. So it was everyone for his life. So you see mothers leaving babies, uh, fathers leaving. Everyone wanted to save his life because they were shooting all over. And anyone could die anytime, any moment. Praise God for my family. We were together uh, on the same road. So during that time, there was, uh, so I was expecting that I would die any time. So you see people dying in front of you, behind you, and you had to jump. You want someone is short and then you jump, you go ahead. So there was full of fear in me, and I was knowing that probably next time it's me who is going to die. But apart, I mean, in all that situation, God still protected, protected me. I remember one day we went, was working with my cousin, uh, there was a soldier, there were some people who were looking for the Tutsis uh, who were also during the walk that were accusing the Tutsis, they were the one who were causing all the situation happening. So uh, my, I had a cousin who has a nose, looks like a Tutsi. So most of the people here, if uh, have noses like that looks like tussies. So, <laughs> so if it were, if, if it would be in that situation, so everyone who had a nose that is a long nose, so will be tutsi and you'll be killed. So I, I had a cousin who had a long nose, uh, but he, he was not a tutsi. <laughs> so, but then they stopped us and uh, they said, you can go, but we want to kill him. We want to stay with him. So I pleaded, we pleaded and they could not accept but later on, when they asked us for our name, and we said we're Londonis, then one of them realized that, oh, he knew my grandfather, our grandfather, Londoni, and he once helped him some years ago. Then he said, for the sake of what your grandfather did for me, I will let you go. And that's how, uh, I mean, my, my cousin's life was spared. So during that walk, we went, God, we experienced God's supernatural provision. How did the provision of God come? It was through the trees. We see a tree, we climb and eat whatever we're coming from uh, the tree. It could be mangoes, it could be cassavas. Uh, we find villagers along the way. Um, they will be nice to us and give, uh, give us food. So for, the, for two weeks, we did not lack anything. God was just providing. As the scripture says, the same way he provides for the bird of the air. You know, they don't reap no sow, but God provides for them. That's we I experienced during that time, and it was really uh, uh, a special time. God also provided for us in ways which was different. He provided for us through pygmies. You know, pygmies, so in that, in that walk, there were pygmies uh, that had heart. Uh, some, one day we were passing through, they, had, they saw us, they ran away from us. Uh, so we were threats to them. 
but they had already cooked in their heart. So we reached there and we find readily cooked meal in the heart of the pygmies. <laughs> and we, we ate because we were hungry. And uh, so they went where they were. Uh, we, we also needed shelter, so we slept in their homes. So they were outside. And well, so they, 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 they didn't like it. So after, during the night, we had to find ourselves uh, just, um, you know, everyone scratching, being beaten by ants, red ants. And uh, so it was full in the, in the heart. And I remember my mother saying, oh, they have sent Juju. I don't know if you actually really know Juju. They are bewitching us by sending uh, these ants to bite us. So all of us, we had to leave the heart and went for our life. So during that walk, it was really a difficult walk. So the most important part of the walk is the experience that I had with the Lord. So as we were going, so I was experienced, I was expecting I would die anytime. But when I reached a place that was safe, I told myself, how come I did not die? And I sensed strongly a voice telling me, you did not die because I need you. And I, 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 I expect you, I want you to save me. So I started crying. Now, all the words that my grandmother used to tell me became alive. She told me words that did not make sense. But when I walked through this difficult situation, all of a sudden, the word that she had spoken to me became like seed. Uh, that was now germinating, and I realized there is no reason to live apart from him. So no one came to me to tell me that uh, I need Christ in my life. I went to pastors. I asked who is a pastor here, who's a, who, who knows God here, so that I could go and ask them more questions about this God. And that's how I came to know the Lord. It was in November, uh, the 25th of November, 1996, that I came to know the Lord through that experience. I was with my brother and my family, and that was just the starting point of my life. And that time I made a decision that I will never live, uh, I will live for God and nothing else. So from there, I had to walk, uh, I mean, the soldiers kept coming and they were taking young people to join the army. And uh, so my mother told us, no, you, you have to save your life. And from there, I went to in a, in a, in a, uh, Zambia. So Zambia is... Uh, Southern part of Congo, so southern part of Congo, uh, so I went and lived in a refugee camp. So you can see Congo there, in the central part of, of, of Africa, then just on south of it, there is uh, Zambia. So Zambia, I went there and uh, uh, lived in a refugee camp for a year and a half, and it was a tough time. God used that time to just change and transform my life and uh, give me the passion for what I do, uh, I'm doing now. So, things that God taught me during the walk, during the walk first, I mean, God used my walk, the walk that I went through, to teach me certain things. And when I went in a refugee camp, he also changed and transformed me. When, when, I, when I went in a refugee camp, the Lord showed me uh, that life can be rosy one moment, and all of a sudden it changed. So how things just change all of a sudden, and I just need to be ready anytime. I learned that. I learned about the power of a seed, the seed of the Word of God, how whatever my mother, my grandmother was sowing in my life, 
and uh, how that led me to commit my life to Christ, even though she was no, no longer there. Uh, I, I learned about God's supernatural potential, the seed of good deeds. You know, how my, uh, my grandfather, you know, the, deed, the good deed she did to someone rescued my cousin from, from death. Now, when I was now in, in the camp, uh, there was no food. Literally no food. I remember us going to places and we'll test food, we'll test grass to find out which one is edible grass. So it was, it was so, so severe that, uh, I mean, some will say I would rather go back in Congo and be killed and remaining in such situation because there were so many people in the refugee camp there and life was difficult. But during that time, you know, we, we started putting the little that we had together, you know, little put together becomes more. So the little that was, so we learned to live a life of community and we shared the little things that we had and that how, you know, there was much love and I really grew in the Lord. My first time, the first time uh, I, I, I had an opportunity to, to, to speak and to preach it was in that refugee camp and uh, talking about your personal life and it was really time that God molded me. But from there, I was still alone. My family was not there. And uh, after that time, I moved, I moved on now to uh, Zimbabwe, looking for greener pasture. When I was in Zimbabwe, that's when God planted us. Um, uh, in Zimbabwe, I met my wife, Vicky, and uh, it, uh, it was a supernatural way uh, that um, I, I, I met my wife. Would you like to share a minute? Yeah, that's, yeah. Just come and share for a minute, please. Yeah, it was it was a supernatural way that uh, that I, I I met I met I met my wife uh, in uh, in Zimbabwe and uh, yeah. So just share a little bit how how we met. Stand up at the podium. Yes. <laughs> we met actually in a uh, in a prayer room. <laughs> uh, I just remember we. I mean, I had some friends. I'm also from the DRC. So we decided to move into Zimbabwe. So one day, this other group of young people came and said, uh, there, there are young people worshipping down the road there. You should really hear them praying. So I didn't want to have any, you know, I was still, uh, you know, I was alone there coming from my home and I was, I served God back in Congo, but then I, I was just sad, I was lonely, I didn't even want to go to church. Then my friend said, no, let's go and see this, this pastor, there are those young people, come and see. So I said, okay, I'll go. Then when I went there, then I saw it was a, a prayer room where people were praying, and I really felt the presence of God. So when I went, in the, I mean, I, I come from a very big church. So when I went into that small room, I really felt God. And we started going there for prayer, and that way, I mean, he was among the, the young leaders who were there. And they already started even a church. So that's when we met there, and um, he prayed uh, for three days and three nights, asking God to show him the right partner for him. So when he was praying, he was expecting God to speak to him, I mean directly, but um, 
it didn't happen. And then when he finished his three days fasting, dry fasting and prayer, he was about to eat. Then his pastor called him and said, I had a dream tonight you were in front of two, two girls and you were confused. <laughs> so, so the other girl was this new girl who has just arrived in our church. And then I was telling you, go to this one. <laughs> I mean, and then he already had the clue. He said, that's the lady I'm going to marry. <laughs> and that's when... <laughs> I mean, we did not go through many courtship and maybe a year and a half, and then we got married. And I was really convinced that he was the one because I prayed too. <laughs> yeah, that's our story. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So it was it was it was in a supernatural way that that we met. I told myself I I big plans. Uh, about my life, and but I said I want to serve God, and I, I and I don't want to live a life of distraction. I want to make sure that I focus. And I got married, and it, and I met Campus Crusade for Christ in, uh, in 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 Zimbabwe. I went to school in Zimbabwe, so God sort of planted us in Zimbabwe. So many things happened. So the experience that we had in the camp uh, gave uh, gave us gave me passion to start ministering. So I became a church planter planting churches in Zimbabwe. Um, so you can see some pictures there of uh, different uh, uh, churches that we've been planting in Zimbabwe. I have the heart for the humanitarian, you know, uh, in Zimbabwe, in Mozambique. So we were going to places where many people were unwilling to go um, uh, to, to plant churches. And all this passion came because of uh, where God brought us, where, where, where the Lord took, took, took me from. So uh, Vic and I started planting churches and, uh, in Zimbabwe and Mozambique. But then after some years, we realized that uh, we needed credibility for what we are doing. And then I was working with Campus Crusade for Christ. I, I mean, I did IT training and got a job at Campus Crusade for Christ. But then I saw what they were doing and decided that uh, with Campus Crusade for Christ, we can start serving as full-time missionaries. And uh, so, 2010, we started serving as full-time missionaries. And um, the next few minutes, just want to, to, to share with you how, uh, what we do with crew, uh, which is called, it's called crew here, but in Zimbabwe it's called Campus Crusade for Christ. Uh, so, because of the training that we did, we were entrusted to do the digital strategies work. You know, nowadays a lot of people are on their screen. Uh, average people spend at least six hours uh, on the screen every day. It can be on TV, it can be on... So, so in Campus Crusade for Christ, there is a department that was created just to focus on reaching out digitally. And I was given that responsibility, you know, uh, for, for, for that. You know, Campus Crusade is in many countries, almost 190 countries. And uh, so, uh, by God's grace, we're given the responsibility to lead Southern and Eastern Africa, which is 24 countries. Uh, so I'm just showing you how the Lord brought me from Congo to Zimbabwe, became a church planter, and then became missionary of Campus Crusade for Christ, and then, and then became a global leader of Campus Crusade for Christ with the mission of winning, building, and sending. So we have a team, uh, been working with a team of, uh, of people in 24 countries in Africa, where we'll go out and share the gospel and share the vision about, about uh, uh, reaching out. You know, when, when the Bible says, uh, go and make disciples, we need to be intentional 
and make disciples where people are. And uh, you and I can agree that where are the people nowadays? People are on the screen. So what we do, we believe that on every, on every uh, screen, behind every screen, there is a person. Uh, and every person has a story. And every story matters to God. So what we do is to make sure that uh, when people are searching for significance for love on the screen, they meet uh, opportunities that can connect them to Christ. And that's what uh, we, uh, we've been doing with uh, Campus Crusade for Christ. Now, because of that responsibility that we're given, we started traveling around the world from one place to another. And as we're traveling around the world, the Zimbabwe government, the government of Zimbabwe, realized, say, who is this refugee who has been traveling from one place to another and coming back? Normally, uh, I'll come to the United States every time, I'll go to other places and back to Zimbabwe. So they thought probably I was uh, um, a spy, you know, probably. Uh, so, so then they made my life difficult. Uh, so it was, they wanted to deport me to Congo, but God intervened. Uh, to cut the long story short, is that God... One day they wanted to deport me, and I found I realized after living for over, uh, I mean, almost 15 years in Zimbabwe, and I was about to be deported. So I, I, I said, no, I need to look for safety. So I wrote a letter to the United Nations. The United Nations um, in, uh, in 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 Zimbabwe. Uh, so they spoke to different people, uh, different countries, and for some reason, the United Nations decided to interview my family. And when we went to an interview, then the, we, we, we qualify to be resettled to the United States as legal refugees and, pro, and progressively get green card and become uh, American citizen in the long run. So United, United Nations took us from Zimbabwe to, to, to the United States just before the COVID. That was uh, in 2020, uh, March of 2020. And then from there, God just uh, supernaturally uh, moved us to, to, to Pensacola through a friend who was living in Pensacola. So then I chose to uh, serve, to continue serving with Campus, with, with Campus Crusade for Christ in Africa, even being here. And that's what I've been doing. And recently, uh, a, cup, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Campus Crusade restructured, and Africa is now one region. And uh, by God's grace, we were chosen uh, to continue leading digital strategies for Africa. For, I mean, now, before it was 24 countries, now it is going to be 50 countries. And uh, we need your prayers that you keep praying for us as you, as you continue doing that. Uh, as, as we do that, we move from one place to another. So living in, uh, in the United States and uh, living in Africa is completely different. So we are, before we fully commit our work uh, do the work that we are doing for Campus Crusade for Christ. We need to uh, fully make sure that we continue uh, uh, raising support. We need your prayers, and I've got newsletters that, uh, I mean, prayer letters that are out. Those who want to know more about us can read prayer letters and all contact about us as we continue um, uh, doing what the Lord has called us to do. I want to thank God. I want to thank God for the opportunity. Thank God for the pastor. Let me say, the first time I came here, uh, when I heard the pastor preach, I said, yes, this is the place to be. Thank you. It's really a blessing to be here. Come on, come on back up. Okay. I want to pray.
pray for Kelly and their family and just uh, ask God to bless them. Father, we just thank you for Kelly and the work that your Holy Spirit did in his life and Vicki's life and the life of their family as you drew them to yourself, as you provided every step of the way and continue to do that for them. I pray that your hand would be upon them, that you would bless the ministry that they're involved in, that many would come to know you through this digital outreach strategy in Africa. Lord, I pray that you would provide the prayer support and the financial support that they need. I pray that uh, they would continue to be able to transition to life in this country, which is very different than Africa, but we just thank you that, Lord, we have brothers and sisters around this globe and uh, that we are one in you. So thank you for your grace and mercy. Pray your blessing upon them, that you would use them uh, beyond what they can even think or imagine. And it's for your glory and for your honor that we pray. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.